All right, how is everyone doing? I hope you're having an awesome day. We are, we're back at it. The Mr. Short Game Podcast is, at least for now, back up and running. Been got, getting a number of requests from a lot of people to uh, to keep it going. So here we are, and these podcasts will be uploaded to my Facebook page. So be sure to go over to Facebook slash Mr. Short Game, and you can watch it there or listen here or listen anywhere. And we're gonna we're gonna just keep the golf content jamming along as much as we possibly can, so that when you're when you're cruising around, you're driving around, whatever you got, you could listen, you could not listen, you could, I, you could do whatever you want. I'm just trying to control anybody. We're just having a good time. Love the game, love the sport, love talking golf, love everything wrapped up in the environment of the game. So we want to make sure that not only are you playing your best golf with great instruction, with learning different w- things to do so you can improve your game, but also so we can just be encouraged, motivated, excited to put in the work so that we can improve. And we're kicking off the new year. Uh, this this is a bittersweet week for me. Uh, today is the week, uh, the Tuesday of the Farmers Insurance Open there at Torrey Pines Golf Course. I always look at that as kind of the the really the first sad, it, but a lot of people look at it as the first, the kickoff to the the PGA Tour season, 2021 is underway whatever that is going to mean i think we can look at 2021 it's going to be a positive year in in sports and in everything i'm not getting political at all i just think we've learned a lot over the past year in terms of how to deal with the pandemic whatever you believe with that that's fine i just think now they've taken necessary precautions, and I don't think we're going to see any canceled events and disappointments along the way in the world of golf and sports in general. And it's ex- it's an exciting time. I'm I'm looking forward to Super Bowl Fifty Five. Tom Brady is back at the at that where he should be. So that was exciting. Love love watching that guy and. I'm not necessarily a, a team fan. I like individuals, so it was cool to see him him get in there, and it's gonna be it's gonna be an exciting Buccaneer Chief Super Bowl. So I'm looking forward to that. What are your predictions? I don't know. I'm gonna root for Tampa Bay. I'm just gonna root for them. Home team. They're playing at their home stadiums. Never happened before. So I'm I'm rooting for hometown Tom Brady, the goat. I want to see him. Take down the kid, even though, hey, the Chiefs won last year, so we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But needless to say, golf is underway at Torrey Pines this week. Bittersweet because that's one of my favorite tournaments. I've played Torrey Pines a number of times, and that south course is just something special. Right on the coast, I would go surfing down there at Black's Beach growing up all the time. Surfed there hundreds of times. So... Just that whole space, the whole environment is is a great watch. I love it. The first event I ever went to to watch was there at Torrey Pines. And I can't wait. 
the the bitter part is that typically this week I'm at in Orlando at the PGA show, which unfortunately I was I had high hopes. I thought they'd keep it going, but they did not. And it's virtual or whatever. No one's going to be there. Let's just put it that way. And I don't think anybody really cares. Uh, I mean, I don't care. I, I think they don't care that it's virtual. It's just if you're not there in the environment, it's just kind of pointless. So I I loved it. I loved doing videos there every year. And some of my most popular videos are done on Demo Day where I just cruise around, play with every new product out there, and showcase it. And you, you guys love watching it on my YouTube channel. Make sure you're subscribed there, by the way. Uh, Mr. Short Game Golf on YouTube. And follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, TikTok, and we'll, we'll have some fun together. But the PGA show has been going on for 20, a long time, and so I'm going to miss it this year, and hopefully next year we'll be back there rocking and rolling, getting some great stuff, looking at some, some new gear. So we're going to talk in this podcast, this episode uh, we're going to talk some some of the new gear, some of the new drivers that are hitting the market that you've been seeing on YouTube. A lot of reviews coming out, and I have mine coming as well. However, mine's I wanted mine to be a little different, not just, hey, here's driver review, right? I am getting every one I could get my grubby little hands on so that I can really pick out which is the best driver for you. Which, one's, which one performs the best? I'm going to get them all, as many as I can. I, I don't get them all for free. I get a couple for free. The rest I'm buying. So it's going to be my most expensive video probably to date. So that's coming soon. I, I, I got to go, and I'm doing it right. I'm going to get fitted for all of them, all the ones that I'm buying. It's going to be expensive. I'm buying a bunch of drivers. So, But I want to get it. Put, I want to get all of them, get fitted for all of them so that we can really compare apples to apples. Like these are fitted clubs. They're all dialed in. Is there going to be a better one than the other? Is there a clear winner for me? And would there be a clear winner for you? And then what would be, uh, let's say, the best driver for everybody? Or, you know, I don't think I don't think everybody fits into one category per se that hey, this driver is the best for everybody. I, I don't necessarily believe in that. I believe that each person has, there's a best one for you, but it could be different for each person. But you got to get fitted. You got to, and there's a lot of factors that go into that. So we'll cover that in an upcoming video. So be on the lookout for that. But some of the new drivers that are out there are obviously tailor-made. You've seen the new sim 2 driver reviews out on youtube they're all over the place so those look exciting i'm looking forward to to testing those out and getting getting custom fit for the sim 2 driver and i knew from the past which was interesting i've always kind of been a titleist player and i've played a lot of titleist gear and then i was out hitting and doing a lot of testing with titleist and a couple other drivers and a friend of mine had the sim, uh, the sim, the original, and I immediately swung that club like 10 miles an hour faster. And like I was swinging about 105, and then I swung that, and it got to 115. It was kind of shocking, but the ball, 
at least in those specs that we were using, it didn't go any farther. It kind of performed the same as Titleist and Callaway, the two that I, I was testing at the moment. And that was a, a year or so ago. But I was encouraged that I just got so much more club head speed out of it. So I'm, look, I'm looking forward to testing that and putting that to the test as well as the new Callaway driver that's out. Uh, got the new speed zone or uh, their speed thingamabob, whatever they called it. And you've seen a lot of social media posts with that. And I'm going to put that to the test. We're going to do the Cobra driver. I'm even looking at the PXG uh, 0811 driver that's out. Also, Mizuno has something that is could really be a disruptor, let's say, in in the driver category. I have the Ben Hogan driver. I've got a Maisel kind of knock, not a knockoff, but just a, a much, much lower price driver that I've already done a review on. And I already have the Titleist driver to put to the test against the other ones. So that's going to be exciting. But there's a lot of new drivers out on the market, a lot of new gear. And unfortunately, where the PGA show, we would get to test everything, irons, drivers, wedges, all the new stuff. And it's hard to keep up with everything, but there's... So the, that's why the PGA show was so fantastic because we just got to we got to dive into all of that. So bittersweet week. And and uh, but one I'm looking forward to because the farmers is is on and that's just a beautiful, beautiful setting, beautiful watch. Who do you think is going to win? I'm going to I'm going to give you my my winning pick for this week's event. And also, I wanted to touch base on Justin Thomas. There's been a lot going on. You've heard since the Century event in Hawaii at Kapalua, where he blurted out, after missing a putt, a, a homophobic slur. And since then, Ralph Lauren, his sponsor, has dropped him. And Citi, an investment bank, they... They're, they didn't drop him as of yet. However, they did say, like, we considered it. We considered dropping him. But what they're doing, they want him to donate a large portion of his income to the uh, L LGBTQ organizations. And that will, be, that, that will be something that they want to see happen. And... You know, s sadly, this this is this is a tough this is a tough one. You know, whatever you believe on this particular issue, a lot of people are just saying, "What's a big deal?" A lot of people are really up in arms. I can see companies and the backlash they get for supporting this guy, and he says this. And then on the other hand, a lot of people are saying, "That's just who?" I mean, who cares? Like, and so there, there's the spectrum is polarizing on this issue what's what's tough is the pga tour allowed that to air and so although he should not say this stuff a lot of people do and a lot of players they're cussing left and right now they might not say what he said or they might say worse things who knows but there's a lot of let's say uh, vulgar language happening 
on tour, and the tour knows this. And typically, what's sad is that the PGA Tour on television, the televised tour stuff, is primarily run back on tape, meaning there's so many players playing at the same time and so many shots happening all at once that they're just constantly recording the footage, and then what happens is they play it as they see fit. Like, okay, now play this shot. And there's a director in the truck directing what's going on. And they're saying, Hey, we're going to, we're going to show this. We're going to show that we're going to, okay, now go to this. Now go to that shot. And they put together a television show. So that was it live or was it not live or was it taped? I don't know, but I do know that they allowed it. And in sports, in NBA and football, there's always some type of tape delay. And there's somebody there listening. And there, anytime you listen to the, let's say, NBA, and you hear the sound kind of drop out for a second, that's people using bad language. That's a language issue. And they, they just dip out the sound and come back. They do it in the NFL football games as well. They just dip out the sound. You ever like, why'd the sound go out? It's because people are saying things. And there's somebody censoring and editing that stuff so that it doesn't broadcast and get on the air. In the PGA Tour, they failed to do that. They should do a better job at protecting players. And not everything needs to get out in the public. Not everything. Just think about it. If, if someone's following you around all day with a microphone while you're at your job, you're sitting at your desk, you're doing whatever, you're making a phone call in between your sales phone calls, whatever it might be, there's times where you might say some things that people don't want, that you wouldn't want people to hear, regardless of what it is. That doesn't matter. What, like everything he says is right there. Now, should he do a better job? For sure. He, should he say that? No, he shouldn't. That's, you know, you, you replace what he said with just a racial slur. Oh my gosh, people would be up in arms. You know, different things, you just replace it in there and you could kind of see like if you're somebody that says, hey, that's no big deal, just replace it with the word that it is a big deal for you and then you can understand how and have empathy for what other people feel about these types of, this type of language. So that's why I'm not, I'm not going to say it, it, it's good. It's not good. It's bad. It's like whatever it's, I'm not going to say it's not a big deal because it is a big deal. It is a big deal for a lot of people, especially the sponsors. However, the PGA tour needs to do a better job in regulating this and sense censoring it, editing it, protecting people from this, the backlash that's going to occur and then handle it the, amongst themselves that that's just what I think they should do and they failed to do that so I think they're liable on some some level so on some level the PGA Tour has to look at themselves and say you know this is kind of our fault too and and own that and they should offer an apology it shouldn't all be on Justin although he he definitely needed to apologize and he did apologize and here's the sad part the guy uh then goes off to Abu Dhabi Desert Classic, misses the cut, or the Dubai Desert Classic, and then he's not in the field for this week's event anywhere at Farmers. Or like you got Rory, who just played over in Dubai, and he's flying to Torrey Pines and playing Torrey Pines. That's a that's a hike. 
Justin, he missed the cut, and then he's not playing. So I think, I mean, he's got to be, I don't know, but I would imagine he's going through, he's going through some tough times, just emotionally. I, I get it. And I think he, he's going to get through this. He's going to have some time. And hopefully, you know, he comes out a better person. And it, hopefully it just doesn't affect and take him off the planet because I think that that would be a, a tragedy. You, you make a mistake. I believe you should forgive people if they're sincere and honest in their apology. I think you should forgive and, and give them a chance. And then, hey, if they keep, keep messing up, that's a different story. But, hey, I think we should move on and give the guy a, an opportunity to become a better better ambassador of the game, better person, control his, his language, and certainly, hey, there's a lot of people that need some language etiquette out there on the golf course. And it, it certainly doesn't help your game, but frustration gets in, you do things, and we, we should move on and give him an opportunity to become better. So this week, we've got the farmers, Tory Pines. I'll tell you, I love that love 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 that event I got my first ever eagle at tory pines i got it on the north course pre-redesigned and it was the it was the then eighth hole par four which is now it must be 17 now and i think they made it a par five now i haven't played the redesign on the north so I'm not sure, but it was a par four. I hit driver to the right at about 220-something. I hit a five wood, and it rolled in the hole, and I was just super excited. It was cool because the greens were punched that day, so the greens weren't very good, and I just hit the best shot of my life with this five wood my grandfather had given me. It was called like a penny light. Anyways, it goes in the hole, and I'm running. I'm screaming. I'm whatever. I'm 18, 19 years old. This guy we were playing with, I was playing with a buddy of mine that I worked with, and then a guy that we got paired up with, he was a jerk. He, he says to me, he's like, well, you know you're good when you do that on a par five. And I was like, what? What an idiot. I was so, like, shocked he could say that. I'm like, I know I, I, I don't care how good I am. My ball just went in the hole and yours didn't, so shut your mouth. That's all I cared about. And – that was just the funniest thing. And I'm walking with my buddy. I said, did you hear what that cloud said? He, he said, you know you're good when you do that on a par five. And he, he just had to say how he had done that before. Yeah, I did it once. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, shut up. I'm going to suck you in the jaw real quick. You know, back then. Yeah, some bad words came out of my mouth back then, too. So I was not. I was just super stoked that that, that happened. So. Great memories at Torrey. Great, great, great uh, tournament. Loved to go there when I was kind of just getting introduced into the game. I walked around one day with uh, Mark O'Meara. I went to a practice round one day, and I remember Mark O'Meara was, was out there. And, I mean, I would, they didn't even have ropes up at the time. So I'm walking in the fairway, standing on the green. It was like a Tuesday, Tuesday practice round. And it was Marco Mira, and he was playing with, I think, just, I, I don't know. I didn't know who the other pros were, but they were like buddies or something. Or 
they were just p- practicing. I don't know if I had never heard of them. And I remember sitting there watching Mark O'Meara and he would hit some bad shots, like drives. He popped one up and I was like, man, I could do that. And he would hook one. In the, but then at the end of the, the round, he was like four under par. And I'm like, I can't do that. And so I was, I was just thinking, how did he, how did he play so well? It didn't look pretty at all, but man, he, he did it. And then, yeah, it was just a, a shock to me and, and it really motivated me. I love to go to the events because I would get so motivated to then go practice. And I'm like, man, these guys make it look so easy. I got to go practice so that it's easy. I got to make it easy for me and it's hard. So I just, I just went out and just practice, practice, practice. I'd go to the event and then I preferred to go to the event, like on a practice round and watch them practice. Cause then I would just go practice for hours. I'd practice all day. I'm like, okay, they did it and they made it look easy. I got to go do it. So it looks easy. And I would just look at my shots and say, man, these look a lot different than their shots. And it sounds a lot different, but it would just be motivating. So if you want to get good, I suggest go watch, if you can. I mean, who can go to a tour event these days? Hopefully things will open up. But if you can, go just go to a practice round. Watch these guys practice and sit at the range. That's where the best the best times is for me, at least I just love watching hit ball. Hit, what are they doing? What are they doing for practice? What are they doing? And then I would implement that in, into my practice and I would watch, okay, this guy's doing this drill. This guy's doing this drill. That's kind of how I got a lot of the drill that, uh, that I do. And I would just think, okay, they're doing a drill. They're doing a drill. They're doing a drill. And I'm like, okay, what other drills can I do to achieve what I want to achieve? And that's, that's really how, how, how I play golf, how I, practice is just doing a different drill because it gets kind of boring out there and we want to keep things loose keep things exciting and really keep keep the intensity in the practice hard to keep the intensity if you're just hitting drivers or eight irons all day long that's boring so we got to mix it up so we can uh, improve and keep that focus the whole time we practice that's super important so farmers insurance i am super excited you know it's so hard to pick winners these days it's so hard because you look at guys like from last week who won Siwoo Kim and Patrick Can't. I mean, gosh, if if we just go from the last couple of rounds, I picked Patrick Cantley to win the next few tournaments. That guy's red hot, but he I kind of had a slow first two rounds, and he goes 65-61 at the American Express, but was one shy of Siwoo Kim, who man. Love that guy. That guy could play some golf. That's for sure. I was a little bummed that Tony Finau didn't uh, cash in, but he would be my guy for Tory. He just seems like a Tory kind of dude. Can crush it. Good hand. Can get around there. And I just hope. So here's what happens typically. If somebody is close to winning and they just kind of fall short, either they they get mental and they drift way back for a while and they, they got to fight their way back up to the top or they can come right back and win. I'm hoping Tony Finau can come right back and say, look, I'm playing great. Everything's good. Hope he has a good corner, good crew in his, in his, uh, you know, with him that, that can just motivate him to say, hey, we can do it. We can do it. Let's just keep grinding and go get the victory because I think he can do it. And I, I just, I'm hoping he comes, he comes through, comes through in the clutch. 
There's a lot of good guys. A lot of good guys playing. I like Victor Hovland. Uh, he he's he could be something great. Rory. Now, I would love to see Rory do well here. This seems like a course that he could do well at because he's such a good driver of the golf ball. But he kind of, you know, he kind of fell short last week there in the desert. He was winning just and then whatever. He just didn't have that final round. And so that that's that's another guy that could really, really do, really do well. And just going through the list, yeah, I really love Rory at this championship. Phil is he I I think his days are done. I think his days are done on the PGA tour. He might have a hot week and be close, compete, not here, because I think it's just too close to home. It's too he lives in San Diego. I think it's a little too personal for him. And he seems like like he was the host of the the American Express there in the desert in uh, Palm Desert, the PGA West course, which is phenomenal. I've played there a number of times. It's it's a great, fun, exciting track to play. I love that. But he you know he missed the cut, and I just don't see him making the cut. I see him trying too hard here, and I think Phil would do well, kind of away. Not, away at some other events where it's not so close to home. I think it's too meaningful for him right now. That's just my opinion. I, I root for the guy. I want to see him do well. I want to see him win again. But here, here's something we you got to look at. You look at uh, the, the Champions Tour. Phil wins every event so far he's played on the Champions Tour. Yet he misses the cut on the PGA Tour. So he, he could dominate one tour, yet, I mean, he can make cuts on the PGA Tour, sure, but he missed the cut here. So he dominates and misses the cut. You look at a guy like Mike Weir, who he's been, as far as PGA Tour-wise, struggling for a number of years, gets on the Champions Tour, he's in contention. So guys who can't make the cut on the PGA Tour, he can't make the cut. You can do incredibly well on the champion store. You could Phil dominates. He can't there's times he can't compete on the PGA tour, but it's rare. Few and far between. Champion store dominates. Mike Weir missed the cut. A lot of guys are doing that. Darren Clark, he just won in Hawaii. So can't make the cut to winning and dominating. That that's really the the difference of level, and of course you're older. Yeah, you would expect that, but there's just a huge difference uh, in terms of you know competitiveness. Your compet well, your competitiveness is the same, but you're competing against guys are just so much better because they're hitting it farther. They're just they're able to grind more. They're a lot more consistent. So that's the thing. That's the thing. I, I just don't see Phil really competing out here on the PGA Tour anymore. I love seeing him. If he's out there, I'm going to watch him. If he's on TV, I'm tuning in because he's good television, and I love to see that. So rooting for him out there. Rooting for a lot of guys. I want to see John Rahm do well uh, at Tory again, and so he can get a victory again out there, and I think he has a, a legitimate shot to get the title. Uh Maybe he'll chip in for Eagle again and walk off with that sucker. Who knows? But I want to see him uh, do well. We got It's just this is the field for me. This is why I call it the kickoff to the to the tour because it's really the field. You really get the strongest field. A lot of the players are like, okay, here we go. I'm playing. 
We got Jordan Spieth playing at Tory. And I am rooting for that guy. But I look, I just think I don't want to put too much pressure on him. I don't want to say, hey, like you have to do it now. Just I want to see that guy just come back to who he is, to who he can be because he's a phenomenal player. And I think people are chasing distance and it kind of gets to them. I think life stuff happens and it gets to them mentally. And then you start chasing things that you shouldn't chase, like distance. Don't chase distance. Chase and I, I just did a video on this, so be sure to check out my YouTube channel. I just did a video on Smash Factor, and you can get more distance just by hitting the ball more pure, more solid. And there's ways to do that. Now, these guys on the tour, they can do it even at a higher level than I can. But you don't necessarily need more speed to get more distance. How about hit it more solidly? And you'll get more distance. How about that? Like, we always want more swing speed. But if you don't hit it in the center of the club face, what what difference does your added speed do for you? You're only going to hit it more crooked, right? If you hit it off the toe or with an open club face, why do you want 10 miles an hour more? You could just going to be farther in the bushes. We don't want that. And now these guys, hey, they hit it more in the center of the club face than most people. Then they're the pros. However, as they increase swing speed, they're going to lose that. Their dispersions can be greater. And the fairways get skinnier and the rough gets higher. Why do you want that? It doesn't make any sense. Why not try to hit it more pure? Try to get more ball compression. That will get you ultimately a little bit more distance and it will get you closer to the hole. So I have a video on that and on how to kind of do that. And there's different ways. There's not a one way fits all, but there's something I do that works for me. And my smash factor numbers are up there with the PGA tour averages. And in some cases higher with slower swing speed. So you can achieve that. You just, you got to do the things that it requires to be able to do it. And one of those things is just hit it more in the center of the club face. And so stop. There's, there's so much, you know, just drive for distance, distance, distance. And you got guys like Bryson DeChambeau. That's all he's, that's all he's doing. However, that doesn't mean that's right for everybody. Not everybody should bulk up and just become a, just the animal that he has become. It's exciting to watch. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I love to see it. But as you can see in the Masters, it's not about the distance per se. It's about your accuracy and precision. So that's ultimately going to be what matters. Now, US Open depends on where it is. It's going to be at Tory. So we're going to probably see Bryson get out there and and see what he can do in terms of uh, how I think he's going to look at it. I think a lot of guys are going to look at this similar to a, a US Open because they're going to want to they're going to want to see what they can do out there. And I don't even think Bryson's playing this week. So that's too bad. I was hoping he was. But he's probably just waiting. Probably just bulking up. I don't know. He might be in the desert. I don't know where Bryson is. Uh, but hopefully, uh, let's see. No, he's not. He's not playing this week. That's too bad. That's too bad. I want to see him in Tory Pines. Well, I, I, I would be playing. At Torrey Pines, the U.S. Opens there this year. Why wouldn't you play? 
get over there. I know it's going to be a totally different track, but what's what's not going to be different is kind of your lines. Like your line to the center of the fairway is going to be pretty much the same this week as it is U.S. Open week. And the greens, although they might be, they're going to be maybe a little faster in the summertime for U.S. Open, sure, they're still going to have the similar break, and you're going to want to get those nuances kind of dialed in. And I'd be there. I'd be, I don't know why you wouldn't be there. It's the U.S. Open. <sighs> Some of these guys, anyway, they have their reasons. So the question is, though, when, you know, as we were talking gear and stuff, I just wanted to wrap up this episode. Why should you or when should you upgrade your driver? New drivers come out year every year. Every year, some people are coming out with new drivers. And when should you upgrade your driver? Like, should it be more? It, and it's not necessarily more distance is the answer. What I like to say is, look, it, it, they're like shoes. You get a comfortable pair of shoes. You love your shoes. But ultimately, they kind of wear out. Now, so how long does a driver last? Now, it depends how much you hit it, but it will, a driver could last you five years. If you have a good driver, five years is, is not a problem. You can, you can enjoy that thing for a long, long time. So look at it like this. Go every year when new drivers come out, go to the golf shop that you like and just go hit them, go look at them and hit them and just don't, don't buy them. Don't buy them. Like look at them, hit them, look at them, hit them. And then even take your driver in there. Just say, hey, I've got walking with yours. I'm just gonna go, I'm gonna go test out some drivers. Compare it to yours. See, see if it looks better. See if it feels better. And hit them. I always say, you know, once you get one in your hand that's like, wow, that's that's pretty. It so I'm I'm looking for look, I'm looking for sound, and I'm looking for performance. I, I do think if you're fit, if you're fit properly, you could get the cut, you could get the performance out of the driver that you buy. Okay, assuming you get fitted for it and the numbers and everything look good, it might, it's always gonna take you a little while to get used to it out on the course for numerous reasons. Just the, the, it looks different, it's gonna sound a little different. Your confidence is going to take some time to get the confidence in your new driver versus your old driver, especially if your old one was something that you were just, you were in love with. So don't throw your old one away when you get a new one, but just give your new one some time and just realize like, Hey, it's going to take a minute. It's going to take a little time to get dialed in. But I would say four years is probably the, the number you want to look at because you're going to have a lot of new performance characteristics in it. It is going to get a little bit more distance, probably a little bit more accuracy in that period of time. And should you always go with the same brand that like some people are like, hey, I love Callaway. I'm a Callaway guy. I'm going to stick with Callaway no matter what. Hey, if that's you and you want to do that, that's fine. But I would always and I always do this. I test out all different clubs and then I put in my bag really what I feel I perform the best with what I'm the most confident with and I keep mixing it up you know I sure I get a few clubs thrown my way here and there and it's so I can swap about here and there but for the most part I'm going to go in my bag with what I feel most confident with 
and I've used the Maverick driver and I love that for a time. And then Titleist came out with their new driver. And for me, it was, I just got more performance out of it. Now, maybe it was cause I got, I got fitted for the Titleist and the, the Maverick was just sent to me. So hard to say, but I think the, probably the fitting process was the main factor there. And, but I've had Mizunos, I've had Hogan's, I've had Titleist, Callaway. So it really just depends. But don't just get set on one thing. Try them all out so you can see. And don't, don't throw out, let's say, the, the lesser name brands or the less adjustable clubs. Because most of us, we set the adjustment and that's it. We don't change it because you don't need to change it because your swing is typically the same. Now, if you do some major swing adjustments and you actually achieve a swing change, then I would want the adjustment. But you don't necessarily need that. Most people's swing just stays where it's at. Very little variation. So you don't necessarily need all the adjustments. So anyways, I'm looking forward to the driver review, uh, driver guide video I have coming out. So be on the lookout for that. That's coming in the next few weeks. And we're going to keep keep the podcast going. Keep you entertained. If there's something you want me to talk about, you want to hit a subject on, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, whatever, leave your comments. Love you guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. Be sure to follow, subscribe, like, do all the stuff. You guys know what to do. And we'll see you next time. Thank <laughs> you.